he needs to do. Open your Bible this morning to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Let's read through verses 1 through 11. You know, I don't remember, if I have, I don't recall, and if it has, it's been a long time since I spoke, tried to speak from the book of Colossians. But it says here, verse 1 of chapter 3, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, for Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, and he is, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication and cleanliness and ordinate affections, evil conspicuousness and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now put off all these, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Whether there, there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but... I, may, I think I mentioned this a while back, the next three words, Christ is all and in all. And every time I read those three words, I can't help but thinking about Paul Mahan singing that song. Christ is all. You know, that's a wonderful statement. Christ, and he is. He's all. Let me just give you a few verses back in chapter 2, verse 9. For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in a body. In him, all the fullness. And in verse 10, chapter 2, and you are complete in him. That's all you need. Because <laughs> if you have him, you have it all. You think about you are complete. We're not trying to be complete. We're not waiting till one day we will be complete. No, you are complete. And how are we complete? In him. Our Lord died that we might live. 
without our Lord, without Christ, we would have all perished. But to those who believe, he is precious, and to those that believe, he is all. And we're going to see into those that believe, he is our life. Not a big part of our life, not any part of our life. He's our life. Without him, we have no life. The Lord said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Then here in chapter 3, verse 19, husbands, love your wives. Our Lord had to die that we might live. Someone must die in our place. Someone must satisfy God's law. Turn to John chapter 12. I'll show you this. John chapter 12, verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. And they came therefore to Philip, which was a Bethsaida of Galilee, and they desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, and Jesus answered him, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And here's to what I want you to see. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corner of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth fruit. You know, he's talking, about, he's talking about himself. He had to die. He's the first fruits of them that slept. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, for where I am, there shall my servant be. If any man serve him, serve me him with my father honor. So he's talking about his death, and he's talking about those that follow him. Because we're going to be seeing a minute in verse 1. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth. On the right hand of God. He died that we may live. We died when he died. This disunion. It's hard for us to grasp this. That when you talk, Jimmy, about that Lamb's Book of Life, he wrote our names down in that book. It's the Lamb's book of life, written before the foundation of the world, not an afterthought. God chose a people, and he gave those people to Christ, and he took full responsibility for all their sin. He took full responsibility to one day bring all those that were given him to glory. We were set apart in him. We were redeemed in him. We were buried in him, and when he rose, we arose with him. Christ is our life. You know, the only face you'll find life is in Christ, who is all. All things were made by him and for him. You know what you read? And that gospel is almost like he's reading the book, Genesis chapter 1. It goes back, plumb, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. God spoke, Christ spoke, and it came into existence. All life is in him. Now turn back to chapter 1. I won't, we'll be reading several scriptures today, but just bear with me. Colossians 1, verse 13. Who hath delivered us, Christ hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. The next time somebody wants to talk to you about some foolishness, how that this world came from some big bang, you just read them that right there and say, explain that to me. What does that mean? All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist, or they exist. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now here it is. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Christ is all. Everything God has for a sinner, he put in one person, Jesus Christ. Old Barnard used to say, you know, people say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. God put all his eggs in one basket. He put everything in Christ. You know, baptism is a picture of us dying with Christ, rising from the dead to walk in newness of life. To live, we must die. He said, You are dead. You are dead. You're dead to this world. Dead. Sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. You're not under the law. You're under grace. You're dead to this world. Dead. Look and turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Romans 5, verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, talking about when Adam sinned, one, by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification for of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin, sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through right, righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now verse 1 of chapter 6. What shall we say then? What shall we say to that that I just read? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And here's one of Paul's most favorite statements. God forbid, perish the thought. For how shall, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How are we dead to sin? When Christ died, we died. Dead to sin. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, we should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin, because sin can't have dominion. He's dead to it. He's died. The, the, the penalty's been paid. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For then that he died, he died in the sin once. But then that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. That's what we kind of looked at earlier. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. He's talking to us. He's talking to believers. Let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God of those who are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you any more, for you are not under the law. but under grace. Now back to our text in chapter 3. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you also appear with him in glory. That if could be said in view of the fact that you've been risen with Christ, in view of that fact, you think about that just for a minute. You have died. You died. When he died, you died. And when he arose, you arose. Life. Well, where that life is, there's the change. Like we saw in the Sermon on the Mount, there's a new characteristic. There's a new attitude. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We have risen from spiritual death because Christ has given us life. He is the source of of our life. Without Christ, we have no life. We can't give ourselves life. We can't raise ourselves from the dead. 
He must give us life. As I read earlier, he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom. We're under a new kingdom. He's translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Christ came by us one day, and he passed by, and he said it was a time of love. And you know what he said? Live. He said you were like a a child that was just been born and cast out, and nobody wanted it. You were laying there polluted in your own blood. You couldn't give yourself life. Nobody wanted you. Nobody could help you. But he passed by, and you know what he said? Live. That's what happens in salvation. That's what happens in regeneration. When God Almighty, he speaks and he says, live. And you know what you did? You know what, you know what happened? You died and you rose from the dead. I know we still deal with the old man. I understand that. But he's given us life. He said to Lazarus, come forth. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Without Christ, there's nothing but death. You've heard me say many times, without the S-U-N, this world would die. And I can't remember when they figured it out. When they figured it out one day that the earth revolves around the sun and the sun don't revolve around us. That's what everybody thinks. He, he revolves around us. You know, he revolves around our life. He, he's just a part of our life. Oh, no. We have life because of him, because of the S-O-N. And our life is joined because of our union with him. If we were just a little bit farther from him, we would burn up. I mean, we would freeze to death. And a little bit closer, we'd just burn up. Why is it made that way? All things were made by him and for him and for his glory. You imagine all things in creation reveal what God has done to save his people. Sun comes up. We feel warmth, springs bringing forth. Why? It's how God said it. It's order. It's order. We revolve around him. Christ is the substance of our spiritual life. Because he lives, we live. Our life, it said, is hid with Christ in God, you imagine God put us, he hid us. We're hid with Christ in God. Like when Noah was in the ark, he was shut up in the ark. He was hid there. Nobody could see him, but he was there. Mr. Spurgeon said, the spiritual life of the saints is hid from the men of the world. They can't see it. Who are alienated. They are alienated from the life of God. They are ignorant to the Lord of life. And they know nothing of the spirit of life. They are strangers to the nature of this life and to the food on which the believer lives. You know what we live upon? What sustains our life? The hidden manna. Sandy was talking the other day, and she said, I miss it when we don't have Wednesday night. You know why we need each other? 
And we feed, that's what sustains our life. We feed upon him. Without him, without him, we would not have any, our life couldn't be sustained. Then he is the solace of our life, the comfort. All true joy comes from him in times of trouble. His presence is our consolation. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I can tell you, without men that are without Christ, live a sad, miserable, I wouldn't even call it a life, I would call it an existence. Somebody told me something the other day, someone that they knew, a couple of days ago, there's the, the, the man that he knew, his son, took his life, committed suicide. The next day, the father did the same thing. No hope. No hope. See, no reason for living. No hope. You know what? We have a hope. We have a hope. He's our life. We cannot live without him. Since Christ is our life and we are risen from him, risen with him, since we are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek them as an object of pursuit and affection, Strive to secure those things. Seek after those things. Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, or either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Seek those things which are above. You know who is above? Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Now listen to me. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. Imagine going out there in my field and you start scratching around and you found some old old money from the Civil War. You go, man, but we found something. When he finds a treasure hid in the field in which when a man hath found it, he hides it. And you know what he does? And, and for joy, he goeth and he sells everything he's got. And you know what he did? He bought the field. Why did he bought the, buy the field? Because the pearl of great price was in that field. You can relate that many ways. That field can, can picture his church. You know why he bought the world? Why he bought, he bought the right over all men? To get the pearl, the treasure that's hid in the field. He bought it. And when you see him, everything else has got to go. I got to have him. Why? He's my life. What would make a man sell everything? Everything. That's what he said. He went and sold everything. 
everything that he hath and bought that field. Seek those things which are above. We seek to honor him and live for his glory. Seek those things which are above. Then he says, set your affection on things above. Not on the things of the earth. Now remember, he's speaking to us. He's speaking to believers, those who have been risen from the dead. Because we're risen from the dead, seek those things. Set your affection on things above. You've heard me say, and I'll say it again, everything in the world wants to draw your affection and your heart away from him to to other things. And all they are, listen to me, all they are is distractions. All they are is just hindrances. That's all they are. Now, they serve a purpose. I understand that. It's all going to rust and corrupt. For you were dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And you think about this. One day, Christ, who is our life, he's going to appear. And we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, these old bodies are going to fall off. And when we see him, we're going to be just like him because we're going to see, we're going to be able to see him as he is. And you know what we see? There's life. (laughs) That's him. That's him. He's not just a part of our life. He is our life. If he's just a part of your life, you, you don't know him. If he's your life, he's the pearl of great price. He's the treasure that's hid in the field. And to those that believe, he is precious. You've heard me mention this song many times. What a day that will be. When my, my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face with undimmed eyes. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me. By his grace. Let's go back and read verse 12 through verse 17. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bounds of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. This is seeking the things which are above, setting your affections on things above, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man hath a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. For the word, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace 
in your heart to the Lord. Oh, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing his praises. You know, one day we're going to, Kurt. Forgiving one another. We need to be reminded of those things all the time. If he be risen, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. It's not what the world thinks. What does he say? What does he, what does he want us to do? How does he want us to treat each other? If you're dead in your trespasses and in sins, I pray that God would give you faith and give you life and that you would finally find out what life is really all about. We thought we knew what life was, but we didn't. Until we seen him, and we found out we found out then what all the fuss was about. And until he speaks, until he makes himself known, you just can't understand. I hope that's.